You are listening to This Morning. So coming up to 12 minutes past 8, North Korea may deny it, but acting President and Prime Minister Hwang Kyo-an's adamant Pyongyang was responsible for last month's death of Kim Jong-nam, the half-brother of the North's leader, as if we probably don't need to remind you. But if that is the case, then it's understandable the government here is pushing to punish the North for using an extremely dangerous nerve agent, VX, while the US is apparently considering including North Korea on its list of state sponsors of terrorism. Let's now speak with Joshua Pollock, Senior Research Associate at the James Martin Center for Non-Proliferation Studies, California. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. So, how seriously do we think the US is actually considering placing the North back on this list? I don't know. Uh, The State Department used to give a daily press briefing where they would... Uh, indicate what the current thinking is on different issues, but they have not given any since the start of the Trump administration. So it's hard to know how the State Department, as the responsible agency, is is processing this issue. Right now we hear voices in Congress that are calling for for, uh, placing North Korea back on this list, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, it has not arisen uh, in interactions between the press and the executive branch. No. I mean, we know there were talks this week involving the Allies here, including South Korea, but I, I, we don't know how serious it is at this point. But we do know that the U.S. currently has Iran, Sudan, and Syria on this list of terrorism-sponsoring states. How would their activities compare with North Korea? Those are, are quite different in, in character, uh, I, I would argue. Uh, those three countries uh, are known for their either their sponsorship, support, or tolerance of the presence and activities of uh, various non-state actors. Uh, in in the case of Iran, uh, that would include support to uh, Lebanese Hezbollah, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the Hamas organization. Uh, Syria has, supports the the same cast of characters or has in the past. Uh, Sudan has had uh, involvement with uh, al-Qaeda. At one point, they were the the headquarters for al-Qaeda. And they they have also uh, tolerated the presence and activity of of other groups, such as Hamas. Uh, And in the case of North Korea, uh, really the the suspicion is uh, that uh, this this act in Kuala Lumpur uh, was... Uh, conducted by uh, state or perhaps uh, Korean Workers' Party organizations, not by uh, some independent uh, terrorist organization. So uh, that, that's, that's a, a, of a somewhat different flavor. Not that that has stopped the State Department from designating North Korea as, as a sponsor of, of terrorism in the past, in response to to the destruction of the KAL flight in uh, 1987. Mm. But how significant would this move be anyway? I mean, we know investigators are still trying to prove North Korea was behind this. They may never go beyond doubt in proving that the state was involved. Um, What does it mean to be on this list? uh, I don't know that uh, it, it will have any great effect 
in material terms. However, it sets a tone in relations. The North Koreans are particularly sensitive to what they consider the defamation of their leadership. And the withdrawal of North Korea from this list in uh, 2008 was uh, part of the short-lived agreement uh, at that time to uh, disable the Yongbyon nuclear complex, among other measures uh, that were agreed to uh, in the six-party talks. Mm. So uh, it, it, it is a political gesture, um, both to impose it and to withdraw it. That is, of course, one, one of the, the shortcomings of these designations is that they are always influenced by political considerations. Just to, to give an example, uh, when, when you look at Iran and Syria and, and Sudan, and you think about what, what countries go with that group, uh, the first country you would think of is not North Korea, it's Pakistan. What, what Pakistan refers to as subconventional warfare, uh, the Indians, for example, would call state sponsorship of terrorism. Yes. And I think they have a very good case. But because of the delicate nature of U.S.-Pakistani relations, we've never seen such a designation, and I never expect to. Uh, so th- there's, there's always this political character. It is always at some level a statement about relations between the two countries. So we can search for a factual basis for such a designation, and, and indeed that, ha- that sort of work has been done with North Korea. There, there, are, there are papers out there making the case, even before this incident. And this, this adds um, uh, an, another argument to that case. Yeah. But uh, it, it is always going to be contentious, and, and it, is, it is seemingly not the best fit with as far as I can tell, the, the idea of state sponsorship, although others may, may differ in their views, and, and certainly we've been there before with them, so there's precedent. From a neutral perspective, again, drawing on political interests, nations like South Korea and the US may be seen to have an agenda, especially from the perspective of, of nations that see themselves as non-aligned or or somewhere in between, or even, uh, you know, a very influential nation like China or, or perhaps Russia, who would have influence that might be sympathetic to North Korea's explanation. So with North Korea denying even stockpiling chemical weapons at all, how clear is the evidence going to have to be for this to have a, a meaningful impact? North Korea, to the best of my knowledge, does not deny stockpiling chemical weapons. They simply don't comment and they tend to reject accusations as ill-founded without commenting on whether or not they're true. Uh, we, we saw this actually with this incident uh, in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, the, the latest statement from the North Korean media uh, rejected the evidence, said that it was cooked up against them, but never said it was true or untrue. And, and that is a, a habitual North Korean posture of, of having it both ways. So uh, how would, say, the Chinese or the Russians feel about it or, or others? Uh, I think that, that reflects their interests. You, you referenced this idea of the United States and South Korea having an agenda. Well, everyone has an agenda. Uh, so, so the question is, what would their attitude be based on their interests? Uh, I, I think the, uh, the Chinese government is in a special category here uh, because the victim... 
Kim Jong-nam was perceived as being under Chinese protection. So it is not uh, implausible, in my view, that China's decision to terminate coal imports from North Korea uh, before reaching the annual level described yes. uh, under the under a Security Council resolution may have been influenced by this decision since it came rapidly uh, after this event. Uh, I, I think the, the Chinese seem to have drawn their own conclusions about this. They may not want to see uh, North Korea uh, punished for it in a way that might cause the North Koreans to lash out. Uh, they, they are generally very mindful of, of that action-reaction dynamic with, with the North Koreans. But I, I think reading between the lines, uh, there, there has to be some displeasure here. Uh, I, I would love to, to have been a fly on the wall in, in the recent meetings uh, between the, the North Korean and Chinese foreign ministries. But you know, we'll have to see what, what, uh, what comes out of that, if anything. Yeah. Uh, well, Mr. Pollock, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. I, I, and I don't want to directly contradict what you said, but just to briefly point out, um, it was Zhu Yongto, a counsellor at North Korea's mission to Geneva, who said earlier this week, to directly quote, the North has never produced or stockpiled or used chemical weapons, and our position is clear. And, uh, you know, I, I know that oh, in almost every case the North is very vague, but just to, to throw that out there, um, from China's position, I, I just wonder whether that will satisfy Beijing. Well, um, that's a good question. Uh, I, I doubt it. And, and thank you for that, that point of clarification. Uh, I would add, though, that North Korea has never signed the Chemical Weapons Convention uh, banning the production or, or possession of, of chemical weapons. So they are uh, in, in a somewhat different uh, position than, say, China or South Korea. Uh, I, I doubt that sort of an assertion will satisfy anyone. Right. Uh, it, it, it's, it, you know, what is the word of, of the North Korean foreign ministry good for? They, they, they are not exactly held in high esteem, they're not considered very credible, and, and well, it's interesting that they would make such a categorical statement. I, I, uh, indeed. Joshua Pollock, we're out of time for now, but thank you so much for joining us. It's fantastic having you on the line. All right, you're very welcome. Joshua Pollock, James Martin Centre for Non-Proliferation Studies.